to the Less Stress Family Podcast, where we believe you are fallible and what you do matters. This is episode 155. I am Justin. And I'm Shauna Wood. How are you, honey? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. We are back. People are checking in on us. We are back. We have had a little hiatus. Yes. So today's topic is we're going to have a tribute to Grandma June. She passed away before Thanksgiving, and we're going to talk about her. So when we did our very first episode, my grandmother had recently passed away, and it was just such a good time of reflection on the life of a woman that, you know, will not be recorded in history books. Um, She wasn't ever on, you know, TV or YouTube or anything like that. But the impact of her life was so big in so many different lives. And it was through simple things. And so that really brought to mind, you know, we say every week, you are valuable and what you do matters. And that was highlighted when we were reflecting on her life, and it's highlighted again as we reflect on Grandma June, who is Justin's grandmother, um, as we have been celebrating her life. Right, and we've talked about Grandma June in a lot of podcasts, mentioned <laughs> telling jokes or something about her. So she was definitely a part of our, our lo- a lot of our life, even though she lived uh, not too, about 25 miles away from us. But we made a point to see her frequently, and our kids, even though we they called her Grandma June, but they're really her great or her great grandkids, right? Wow. So I want to start. Uh, well, I guess it, a lot of people have seen on Facebook. We did somewhere on we posted. We can repost uh, a link to a lot. The family did a lot of the service. We we did a lot of it, and it was really really good. It was really intense. <laughs> um, all of us, um, bunch of us, sang. Uh, song we did a bunch of songs so she loved to hear her sing and play so we did we did that at the funeral and then um, a couple of our kids spoke and then um, a cousin different people spoke and then I spoke and so anyway it was really good so we're just going to kind of I'm not going to repeat the whole eulogy but I just kind of want to talk about a few points that I think are really important and just to honor Grandma June and just the impact she had on our life so I think first thing and I talked about this in eulogy is the silent generation and we kind of, I think sometimes we kind of think this was the greatest generation, but it wasn't. There was a, there was a space, there was a generation in between. And from about 1928 to 1945, they call it the silent generation because this generation is the one that endured the Great Depression and they also endured uh, World War II. So some of the ones like who might have been born in like um, 28 or 30, uh, 1930, they might have seen some. Uh, there's a small chance they saw a little bit of combat, but not usually. Not usually. They they welcomed home the heroes, basically, of World War II. So maybe just a year or two of them maybe snuck in to the end of the war, maybe. But they they did feel like the the impact of the Great Depression a lot, and they also felt um, a huge impact of of World War II. So they were not the heroes, um, but they had a lot of loyalty loyalty to um, 
to the institutions in America. And they're kind of, they're called the silent generation because they just put their head down and worked really hard and just took care of their families and just, just everything your grandmother that we talked about before. And, um, grandma June definitely fit in that. She, she's stere- you know, the stereotype of just going to work, uh, never complain. <laughs> you don't really show your emotions necessarily in public. Um, yeah. Anything else you'll say about the silent generation? No, I think you're doing a good job. I do think it's interesting that they're the only generation in American history not to be represented in the White House. Yeah, so they got bypassed over. Um, I talked about First Thessalonians four eleven and twelve. Um, this is what uh, the Apostle Paul wrote to um, in First Thessalonians. Anyway, it says, uh, "And to aspire to live quietly, and to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands." as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. And I think that really fits the silent generation that fit Grandma June. Just live a quiet life, mind your own business, work with your hands. She worked really hard. She was always a hard worker. Um, And um, that was kind of, I think, just, that's a good goal. (laughs) We just watched a video on YouTube talking about living an ordinary life and how our society, we just rejected that idea and how if you don't put yourself in the place where you live, can live an ordinary life, you're just going to set yourself up for lots of frustration and angst. So I agree. That's exactly what I was thinking about. And, you know, if you set the goal of living quietly and minding your own business and staying busy working with your own hands, there's so much like there's no time for drama. In all of that, there's no time for all of this chaos um, that we see manifesting so much all around us in society. Yeah, so I'm just going to keep going here. Uh, Grandma Jean was like a rose; <laughs> she was very beautiful. Um, she just uh, the way she carried herself, the way she interacted, the way she just took care of the family and friends. But she also, uh, we talked a lot about this. She she was like she had some thorns. If you rubbed her the wrong way, you might feel a thorn or two. But um, she was always so protective of her family, but <laughs> once you got inside her circle, she let you know what she really thought about life. <laughs> Do you have any stories you want to talk about? Well, my sister-in-law and I were pregnant almost continually for a decade. We both have large families, and we were laughing as we were celebrating her life, how we were always scared to tell Grandma June that we were pregnant again, <laughs> because... She'd say, just another mouth to feed. (laughs) Just another mouth to feed. But, you know, I mean, that's how she grew up in that generation during the Depression when that was the reality of things. Um, Anyway, so we we were giggling about that. Yeah. So she knew she knew death and she knew she knew that. Well, her her older brother, uh, Orville, had died. uh, And I think he kind of represented hope for because he was kind of a business minded kind of guy. And I think they grew up, my grandma grew up in such poverty um, that um, it was really, really poor, poor, poor. And I think he represented hope to get out of that. And then when he he died accidentally, just in a car accident. Um, And so, yeah, he was 19. And so Grandma June loved purple lilacs because those were some of the earliest flowers that you could put on the grave in the spring. So I don't know, I'm not sure if that was his birthday or that's when he passed. But she was always looking out for purple lilacs, and so the house that we're at now had uh, has purple lilacs in it. And so when she she would just love that. And um, one year, a couple of years ago, I I kind of trimmed pruned it back pretty hard. And <laughs> even though we live twenty five miles apart, 
<laughs> she definitely let me know that was not okay to touch her lilac bush. <laughs> so she also carried the loss. She lost, uh, she had stillborn uh, twins uh, who passed. And then also my granddad passed in the, you know, in the early 90s. So she was working really hard still at the factory where she was at. And he was not in good health at all. But she stayed, I mean, she just worked. She was just like, a machine. She just kept working and tried to take care of him. And, you know, when, when he passed, you know, my dad said that we would, um, told, told my granddad that we would, that we, that we would take care. He would take care. We would take care of grandma June, but Grandma's not somebody you can just really take care of, <laughs> you know, cause she was, she was always very independent. Uh, but I think slowly over time, she let us, uh, start to take care of her more and more. Um, and so, uh, the church family that she grew up in, man, they just did a great job to honor her. And she had um, kind of like nieces and nephews um, by marriage. I hadn't really thought about that. There were nieces and nephews by marriage, Dale and Becky and Carolyn and May. They all always took care of her. And her sister Joyce, who's still alive, and it was really good to spend some time with her. Um, you know, they were... <laughs> I wrote here that they, the two were a dynamic duo, true partners in crime, and and when they got together, there was always juicy stories about childhood. You're like, whoa, what? That happened? That was crazy. <laughs> yes. It was good to have Joyce down with us, and she was able to tell some more stories that we hadn't heard and fill in some more juicy bits that, you know, Grandma was very pragmatic, and so she would just be down to business, but Joyce filled in on some of the secrets. Yeah, and so uh, Grandma June, she's just pretty independent. She here's just a story I told that um, she was looking for a new car. Oh, well, not new car. She just needed another car, and Dad had helped her. My dad had helped her narrow her. My dad, her son-in-law, had helped her narrow it down to a couple of different car choices. So she liked this certain color car, and w- I looked it up online. I was like, Grandma, that car has a terrible transmission. At it was not many miles, like sixty or seventy-five thousand miles. And she's like, well, I really like the color of that car. And so anyway, she liked that car. So she, uh, I, dad tried to explain to her, and I tried to explain to her. And, of course, she ended up buying the car that she liked with the possibly bad transmission, right? And so she, when I asked her about it, I was like, Grandma, you, you bought, why'd you, you know, you got your car? You know, I was happy for her. Like, I'm glad you got a car. She was so excited. This was just not too long ago, a few years ago. And uh, she said she liked the color, she liked the car. And I asked her, I said, well, Grandma, you know that has maybe some transmission problems. And she kind of just laughed, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, I, I don't really, I like the car. And she said, um, sh- it would basically be our problem, in a nutshell. <laughs> she's like, I don't plan to live that long till the, the car has transmission problems. So that'll be, uh, that'll be your old's problem, not mine, that you have to deal with it. you have anything else on that? No, I just remember how tickled she was that day when she got it and how you just were shaking your head. <laughs> yeah, because anyway, that's the way she is. She's also, why don't you tell about the story about Ezra here? She, yeah, being steadfast and headstrong, she wanted a, she wanted someone to be named Ezra. And that was like the one thing when we told her that we were pregnant again. And then she would start campaigning again for the name Ezra. Um, and so between your brother-in-law and I and us, there were 10 great grandchildren at that point. And my sister-in-law and I were both like, we're done. We are not having and a great, and a great, and a grandchild. Yeah. A grandchild like was almost going to be named Ezra, but 
then she turned out to be a girl. Yeah, right. Um, and so, yeah, she was 0 for 11. And then we found out that we were having a bonus baby and that it was going to be a little boy. And so we named him Ezra, and she was so yeah. excited. <laughs> so, um, you know, and here, here's something really cool. And I just, you know, it was just been such an example to me. Um, when my other grandma passed, I got to see um, my dad and his his siblings, you know, deal with the whole loss and the whole the whole process. They just dealt with grace and love with each other, you know. And people probably had opinions or whatever, but everyone would just submit themselves to the group, you know what I mean? Like to do what's best for everybody. And so I saw that again with my mom, uh, Karen, and my aunt Kathy. I mean, you know, as grandma was getting older, you know, those questions. And right now it's COVID in 2020, still the end of 2020. And, you know, the thought of a nursing home, and you know, people are just struggling with that. And it's, it's really a hard time. And we all had that thought, like, grandma's not getting younger. She was 87. Um, and so, but to see my mom and my aunt Kathy just deal, you know, everything in love and grace, and they would try to talk grandma into getting this med. You know, the doctor said you need to take this medicine, or the doctor said you need to do this. And girl, of course, grandma didn't do anything. She just ate what she wanted to, and she maybe toward the end kind of monitored a few things, but not really. Oh my goodness, bless her. She had gotten to where I could hardly walk in the house sometimes because the TV volume was cranked up so high. And so, you know, I was trying to make little subtle things about, oh, I know this guy and he's in the hearing aid business and he's great and he does free screenings and this kind of stuff. And one time Kathy was like, mom, I'm going to take you and we'll go get this done. And she said, I am not going. I don't need those hearing aids. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. And so everybody just with grace just stayed in the house with the TV volume blasting yeah. at like 85 <laughs> because grandma was determined she was not getting hearing aids. Yeah. And so my mom and my aunt Kathy, they just did such a good job, uh, you know, just working things and, and working together, but working in love. And it, just, it was just awesome to see. And I talk about, you know, I talked about my brother, Derek, he would stay all night with her. He would mow her yard a lot. Um, and she, um, she lived a very, very independent life. Um, after my granddad passed, uh, she was able to travel. I mean, she was able to just do a lot of stuff that she wanted to do. She traveled all over the U S and she was able to go on tours and different, she loved all those like senior group tours and man, she just loved to be in the mix and all this stuff that I'm like, ugh. but I mean, she, she just loved it. She loved to, to be around people, people she loved. She loved to travel with family. Um, yeah, um, I, I'm going to skip on through here. Some of this stuff and I'm going to talk about, um, you got anything else you want to say about that? Okay. So this, this fall, we talked about a camping trip that we went on, but we couldn't take grandma cause she was, she was getting, she was moving really slow. And, um, my mom had the idea where I was talking and she was like, well, why don't you take grandma? Cause she loved the fall. My grandma June, she loved the fall and the leaves changing. And so my grandma, uh, my mom was like, why don't you just take grandma? to Mammoth Cave, which Mammoth Cave National Park is really close to us. And we could just talk, watch the leaves and, you know, do all that stuff. And so it was really cool. And so I took me and two of the boys and our daughter with us to take grandma. And grandma was all excited. I mean, she had packed like the day before and packed a help pack part of the picnic. And you had to take the other kids somewhere else. You had some other appointments or something. So, and we had borrowed a wheelchair 
from my aunt Nelda on my dad's side, the other side of the family. And grandma actually like got in the wheelchair and she would ride around. And like she, I talked about this, she's like, I think she thought she, she was like president of the United States because she would just walk around and we would all be like her entourage around her and she would just wave at people and like she just was like on parade and she would always love that. But anyway, we went to Mammoth Cave. We went down this really steep hill. And if you've ever been to the mouth, the main entrance of Mammoth Cave, it's it's pretty darn steep. And so <laughs> I was concerned about Grandma just sliding out of the... And I, told, I said, Grandma, if I even let go of this a little bit, you're going to just fly down this hill a quarter of a mile and get wrapped around a tree. And she's like, well, as long as you pick me up. And uh, anyway, long story short, I had the kids help me pull back on the wheelchair so she didn't just take off flying down the hill. And um, anyway, we had such a good time. Uh, I won't go into all of it, but... By the time we got back up, we were kind of like celebrities because everybody had seen us. I guess it was such a show. I'd love to have it on video. We were like such a show holding her back so she didn't fly down the hill. And then and then we hung out there and um, and then we went back up the hill. So anyway, it was just a really, really fun time. And I think, you know what I've learned from that? It took me, I was gone maybe a total of six hours from our house, maybe. <laughs> And she talked about it like she'd just been on vacation, you know? And it's just one of those things, it's like, gosh, the the things we do, they really do matter, you know? Um, And it was such a simple little thing. It was like on a Tuesday, I think. And it was just, it was just not a big deal, really, in my schedule. And just making time for that to happen. So I'm so glad I did. I think it's the last picture I had with Grandma, some complete stranger. I guess I guess everyone could see how much fun we were all having in the chaos. He's like, well, let me take you on picture. And so he did. I'm so thankful that he did. And um, it was just such a such a good time, but such a simple time. But other people said, oh, yeah, June had told me that you all went on this trip. It was like, literally, we were gone for three hours from her, you know, from anyway. So it was it was a three-hour, four-hour total trip for her, six-hour total trip for me. That means, like, getting ready and everything, probably. And I was back home in six hours. And it was just not a big deal, but it was so much fun. It's something I just won't forget either. So it's the little things that we do. You got anything to say? Oh, I was thinking that we even received a letter recently from someone who had seen the service on Facebook and said, she called me that day, and she told me about that trip. So, yeah, it's the things that we sometimes just take for granted. I think the most amazing thing about Grandma June is something that we just got to keep pressing toward is her gift of hospitality. Because, I mean, it was – I talked to my brother, Corey, about this. And uh, we – during high school and during college – I didn't realize how weird this actually is. During high school and college, we would take people to our grandma's house. Because she had such a gift of hospitality. She always had amazing food. And we'd go and, like, hang out. And so when she passed away, we had people literally from all over the world. Like, very sad. Not like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know your grandma, but I'm sorry for you all. It wasn't like that. It was like, I am deeply sorry for this loss because it impacted them so much. So... I think, again, it's just, again, it's just little simple things that we do in life. Obviously, with COVID, we, we're not doing hospitality like we were before. But whenever this ends, it's like we got to invite people <laughs> and, and make hospitality something, even though it's not necessarily convenient. Uh, for Grandma, it was just a lifestyle, you know, that she was always, she was never bothered by us coming, you know. 
Because I would have been like, it's time for y'all to get out of this house. <laughs> but she was not like that. Well, and there were actually even times that no one was scheduled to stop by. And she would still make like a big kettle of soup or something. And I'd hear her make a comment, well, I made a big kettle of soup in case somebody stopped by. So it was always in her mind that he that she was there and that she was willing to provide hospitality for anyone who stopped by. Yeah, and she just loved it when the family. We would always have, like, I remember growing up, that would be a place we would go, one of the places we'd go for Sunday lunches. You know, we would switch between grandparents who we went to. And then we would do, sometimes if we did Wednesday night church later on in a different season, like she would fix Wednesday, she would fix Wednesday night meals. And so we would just go there and eat and hang out. And it was just always that place you could just go and hang out. Kind of like, I guess it was kind of like a bar that some people have. But it was like even cozier and warmer. You know, like, uh, what's the movie, What's the TV show? Cheers. Cheers, where everybody goes and hangs out, right? But Grandma's house was like even more comfortable and the food was even better than any restaurant, you know? Yeah. So anyway, do you want to talk about the ministry that she had to you? <laughs> sure. So um, I've been blessed to see all kinds of different ministries in my life all around the world and, and different things. Um, but I have to say that the greatest ministry I ever received came from Grandma when um, we had two boys that were three and one and a half. And then we had our third son who was born um, with a cleft lip and palate, which meant that he had to eat every two hours. Um, and so... That just meant that I was, like, not sleeping. Um, And so Grandma June would come over almost every single day and rock the baby and watch the other two boys and, you know, let them watch Sesame Street or whatever and allow me to take a nap. And that was, like, my lifeline. Like, knowing that I was going to get that nap was huge for my mental stability because I was on the edge at that point. (laughs) Um, But again, it was like, it was the simple thing. And she would always bring like, you know, a plate of cookies that she made or or a box of cereal for the kids, something like that. Um, But it was that small thing that had such a huge impact on me. So, yeah, even even just the other day... um, uh, Perez, I'll go ahead and say his name, the, the kid that she was the most, I mean, let's be honest, she, he was her favorite, not even close, she didn't even care, she got older, she wouldn't even care, like, <laughs> it's just, she just showed favoritism to him, because that's the one she held uh, all the time, so she just had this connection with him from the beginning, so it was really cool on Sunday morning, the um, that Perez, was it, no, Saturday morning, one morning, yes, sometime, the past few days, Perez woke up and he was told, he told me, he said, I had a dream. Basically I went to heaven. He said, I got to hug grandma. And so it was so cool. Cause we just both cried. Like we, we just sobbed. I mean, when we first heard the grandma pass, we just all just, it was a rough, it was a rough day, but it was a happy, we just started calling it happy sadness. Cause that's kind of way, that's kind of way it was. And so anyway, it was so, it was such a blessing. Um, her passing, honestly, um, she had this habit, if there was a large family gathering, she always would sneak out. And it was like, she was so stoic. I don't know what the deal was. She didn't want to tell, she just didn't want to have to deal with everybody's emotions or telling, I love you. I don't know, the hugs. I don't know what. But she would always sneak out. And so, um, <laughs> it would, she would, she would, we would hear a car start. We'd be in the backyard in my mom and dad's. We hear like a car start. It was like, is that grandma leaving? I can't believe she didn't tell us goodbye again. And she would just pull around and she would just wave and we would just say goodbye. And so 
that's pretty much what happened this time. She she went in. She was having some heart trouble. She went in. They did run some stents and put in on her, and she was doing great at the hospital. And then she just passed away. Basically, all her stats, everything were good. Everything was good, and she just passed uh, early in the morning on a Sunday morning. And um, that's just kind of the way she went. Like that's kind of the way she wanted to go. It's just like a kiss. Uh, call it just a kiss from the Lord that she got to go in the way that. I mean, that's just the way that she wanted to go, not have to deal with all of us saying, I love you, not having to deal with, you know, hospitals and nursing homes and all that stuff for any extended amount of time. So we just really considered a a grace uh, from the Lord to allow her to pass that way. So, um, yeah, that's kind of it. Do you have anything else you want to say? Well, I think just cycling back around to what we said at the very beginning, you know, as we reflect on this beautiful life and we reflect on that whole generation because they are all as a generation coming to the end of their lives, you know, just those being busy with our hands, minding our own business and aspiring just to live a quiet life. Like that's enough. We don't have to be focused on being the next YouTube star. We don't have to focus on being the next brilliant entrepreneur or anything like that. It's enough to say that my life was well lived. Um, and then seeing this impact that she had on so many people through that quiet life. Yeah. So we definitely, I mean, we definitely miss grandma. So it's been a hard, hard time, but it's good. It is good. And it's, and we're very fortunate to have that, that happy sad. Um, so hope this was encouraging to you guys, just as you're thinking about your own lives and what are the things that you can do to impact other people? What are the things that you're going to do to lead that quiet life that really has lasting, lasting impact? We would love for you to connect with us. You can do that on Facebook if you search for Less Stress Family. You could also connect with us on our website, lsfpodcast.com. And most of all, we want you to remember that you are valuable and what you do matters. Blessings. Thank you.